Today marks the official beginning of free agency in Major League Baseball. So on the show, we're going to rank our top 10 free agent targets for the Mariners. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday, November 10th, 2022. This is Ty Gonzalez and Colby Patton for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. And on the show today, Colby and I are ranking our top 10 free agent targets for the Mariners. So let's just get right into it. Colby. Let's start with your number 10 here, right-handed pitcher Jamison Tyone, who spent the last season with the Yankees. Why do you like Tyone for the Mariners? He's good. Yep. I mean, that's pretty much end of analysis. Um, you know, uh, Tyone, 30 years old, right-handed pitcher. Uh, kind of the thing that stands out about him is that uh, he does not walk guys. Um he is a career 5.9 base on ball uh, percentage. Uh, major League average is 8.4, so he's significant, significantly below that. Um, 94th percentile in walk rate last year. Uh, but he also did some other things pretty well last year. 64th percentile in hard hit percentage. Uh, 69th percentile in chase rate. Um, although only 35th percentile in Ks. So uh, pretty good stuff. He's just not getting a lot of swing and misses in the zone. Uh, but 80, 85th percentile fastball spin, 83rd percentile curveball spin, gets pretty good extension. He's 6'5", 230. He's a, he's a bigger dude. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Tyone is probably a number four starter. Um, I think there's a little more in there that you might be able to get out. The Yankees, historically, not not too great uh, when it comes to to getting the best out of you know talented starting pitchers. You look at what happened with Sonny Gray, and you look at what happened most notably right now with Frankie Montes. Now maybe that's injury. I mean, it probably is, but yeah, it's still it's it's the Yankees are not this you know pitching development juggernaut. Uh, the Mariners are kind of turning into one. So there's again, he's 30 years old. You're probably not going to get a ton more out of him, but you know, ran a three nine one ERA, a four two zero. Uh, XCRA, uh, that's that's a number four, and I think that's possible. The Mariners can get him, um, get him to a number three. Uh, you know, ninety-four mile an hour fastball, uh, really good curveball and slider. Uh, it's it's a profile I think the Mariners would be interested in, and I think they could actually help him by you know pitch uh, pitch selection, the sinker, the cutter, the changeup. Those are his you know, three worst pitches. Um, they got hit. They all got hit pretty hard this last year, but he threw them 30% of the time. So this is a fastball slider curveball guy. Uh, maybe they can clean up one of those four pitches, but he probably just needs to use those a bit more. And, and I think maybe just maybe he can get to a, a number three spot uh, in the, in the Mariners rotation, but he's also going to be pretty reasonably priced. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. Tyone, interesting arm, not, you know, Definitely the number five in this rotation, uh, but I think it's a number five. If Tyone is your five, you have a, a you have an elite rotation. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Also, want to mention here uh, real quick before I get into my number ten that you know this list is based upon you know who we realistically think could be options for the Mariners, how they fit, what the Mariners' needs are, all that stuff comes into play here when making this list. So my number ten is also a right-handed pitcher from the uh, AL East. Nathan Navaldi, 
for the Red Sox. I've loved Evaldi for a long time here. He's uh, 32 years old. He's been unable to stay healthy, uh, though. That's been the issue for him. 67 and two-thirds innings pitched back in 2019, then 109 and a third innings pitched this past season. But when he was on the mound this season, he was pretty good. 3.87 ERA, 4.30 FIP, not great. Uh, 8.48 Ks per nine, 1.65 walks per nine. The interesting thing that I found in in reviewing Evaldi's season uh, this past year he started throwing the splitter a lot more. 39.1% whiff rate for the uh, for the splitter, which was his second most thrown pitch right over his uh, curveball. Uh, opposing hitters were hitting just 181 and slugging 229 off of that pitch. So it seems like maybe he's found something there with that splitter. Uh, the big thing is just can he stay healthy? But he's pitched in a lot of big games, and to add him to the back end of your rotation, I mean – like with Tyone, like with what you said with Tyone, you're building an elite rotation if you add someone like Evaldi to the back end of it. So coming in at number nine for you, Colby, Michael Conforto, the outfielder formerly of the Mets, who is a Washington State native, grew up a Mariners fan, all that good stuff, did not play this past year uh, because he uh, was coming off of kind of a down year for him in uh, 2021 and then had a shoulder thing that cropped up. There was also some issues with his vaccine status that was given te- uh, teams hesitation as well. Uh, but now it seems like he's healthy again. He's, of course, a Scott Boris client, so it's not going to be easy to negotiate and land him. Uh, but why do you like Conforto as a fit for the Mariners? Yeah, you know, he's a left-handed bat. He's a little bit of an upgrade defensively over Mitch Haniger. I think he is, I think, believe it or not, he's less of an injury risk than Mitch Haniger, uh, which is odd to say because Conforto has had his his own issues staying on the field. But, um, you know, basically it's, it's I, I need a Mitch Haniger type on this roster, and Conforto is better than Mitch Haniger and a better bet. So that's why he gets on the list and Haniger spoiler alert is not on my list uh because honestly they're two very similar players but again conforto a little bit better defensively at least last time we saw him he was and he's a left-handed bat he's also got a higher upside at the plate than than hanniger does i think his skill set is is going to age better than mitch who has basically turned into a dead power uh dead pull power hitter and that's eh, not not conducive for a ton of success at t-mobile but We'll see. If you can put Hanniger over Conforto, I'm I'm not gonna like chastise you for it. I totally get it. But I just think Conforto's just an overall better fit. And it's a pretty thin market for uh corner outfield corner outfield bats, at least in free agency. So uh Conforto is just one of the best available that I thought the Mariners had a realistic shot to go get. So he uh, he just barely cracks the list at number ten at number nine. Uh, my number nine as well is <coughs> Michael Conforto for really all the reasons that you mentioned. Uh he's you know, I don't think that he's necessarily a, a safe bet because we just don't know where he is right now health-wise. I mean, I, I presume that he is healthy at this point now. Uh, but what does that look like? And also, he did, you know, as I said earlier, kind of have a, a down year by his standards. 232, 344, 384 back in 2021. That's still a slightly above average hitter, though. Uh, 106 WRC+. plus. He was worth 1.4 F4. Uh, 21.7% strikeout rate, 12.3 walk rate, and he's a career 255, 356, 468 hitter. That's a 124 WRC+. Plus. 
I think he's probably somewhere in the middle, at least. I think you can bank on that, on him being somewhere in between his career norms and what 2021 was for him. Um, obviously, you know, taking the year off from baseball in general is concerning uh, because you just you really don't know. But he's still relatively young at, at 29 years old. He'll be playing uh, the um, 2023 season at age 30. He turns 30 on March 1st. Uh, but there's uh, there's still you know a lot to like there, and there's a there's a nice story that goes along with it as well with him coming back playing for his team now that they're you know perennial uh, or not perennial, uh, but now that they're you know playoff contenders and possibly World Series contenders, and and uh, for him to you know maybe help out with him uh, getting to that next step. <coughs> mm-hmm. All right, so uh, coming in at number eight for you. Chris Bassett, who the Mariners, as far as I'm aware, tried to trade for uh, last offseason when he was still a member of the Oakland Athletics, but there was reportedly a uh, AL West tax that the A's were uh, placing on some of their players in those negotiations with the Mariners. Uh, but Bassett now hits free agency, so assuming that the uh, Mariners still have interest in him, uh, why do you like him uh, for Seattle? Um, pretty, pretty similar to Tyone. He's just a very good pitcher. Um, Bassett, we know works, uh, in the American league West. Uh, he's probably better than, than Tyone. I I think he's a pretty safe number three at this stage of his career. And again, we talk about how can the Mariners get an edge on other teams in the American league while they could do it with their pitching. Cause one through four right now is already, if not, you know, the best one through four in the American League, it's it's right up there with anybody's. And then you add a guy, another mid-rotation arm to the back end. Uh, and all of a sudden you have an elite rotation that could, you know, even compete with with the Dodgers uh, one through five. And um, <clears throat> so Bassett to me is is probably the most underrated player on the market right now. He's of sure. And I feel like he's getting kind of overlooked by a lot of guys, by a lot of uh players he's 34 35 years old so uh it's going to be a shorter term deal i think i think there's a chance chris bassett is is charlie morton um just in terms of a guy who just kind of you know older in his 30s he's only going to get two three-year deal maybe a one-year deal even it's going to be a little bit higher aav but he's a guy that you can just kind of work on a year-to-year basis with um and just kind of pay to solidify the the back end of your rotation and there are times where he'll look like a you know top of the rotation option and and he'll you know he'll push us to ask hey is robbie ray your number five which i mean if that's the case then again you just have an elite rotation so bassett to me is just uh just a very good pitcher that i don't think gets enough love in this uh, free agent class my number eight is brandon drury now more likely than not, you are not going to land one of top four shortstops on the free agent market. Mm-hmm. So what is your fallback plan? For me, that would be Drury. Obviously, there's some interesting targets on the trade market as well. But in terms of just free agents, uh, I think Drury fits and makes a lot of sense here. He completely reinvented himself on a bad Cincinnati team, ended up getting traded at the deadline. Uh, to the Padres, kind of fell off a little bit. He, he slashed 274, 335, 520 in Cincinnati with a 131 WRC+. Plus. Then he ended up slashing 238, 290, 435 with a 105 WRC+, plus in San Diego. So still an above-average hitter uh, with the Padres. Ended up hitting 28 home runs in total on the season. 
uh, slashing 263, 324, 92 with a 123 WRC plus. He was worth three wins uh, by Fangraph standards, 22.2% strikeout rate, 6.7% walk rate. It's um, at the very least, like I, I feel like there's bound to be some regression there because Brandon Drury has just never been this guy. But the power is something that cannot be ignored here. And if you can add some power up the middle, I think that would be huge for the Mariners because they haven't really gotten power out of either one of those spots in the middle infield for some time now. And so to be able to add that, Drury's an average-ish defender there, you know, and he can also play a couple other spots along the diamond as well. Uh, so, you know, you, he doesn't necessarily need to be your everyday second baseman either. I think he makes some sense even if you do get one of the middle infielders um, and play them at second or, or short, whatever. So because uh, projections right now have him set to make nine-ish million dollars a year, that's a steal for Brandon Drury, for who Brandon Drury was this past season even with some of the struggles that he had in San Diego. And yeah, the Mariners didn't seem to have a lot of interest in Drury at the deadline. I think that was more so uh, because they didn't want to uh, trade a lot for a rental, right? I think that's going, I think their interest, their level of interest will change now that he's a free agent, now that you can get him for just money in years. Uh, so we're going to be uh, doing seven through one on our top 10 free agent lists in just a moment but real quick a reminder this episode of locked on mariners is brought to you by simply safe if you thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off you want to listen up right now locked on mariners listeners can order the number one rated simply safe home security system for 50 percent off uh, this is their biggest offer of the year and you won't want to miss it in an emergency 24 7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from simply safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response simply safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. 24-7 professional monitoring service costs less than $1 per day. That's less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. With top-rated Simply Safe apps, stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere. Armor disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras or adjust system settings don't miss your chance to say big on the only security system i recommend get 50 percent off any new simply safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on mlb this is their biggest discount of the year so don't wait that's simplysafe.com slash locked on mlb there's no safe like simply safe you're listening to the locked on mariners podcast thank you so much for making us your first listen so number seven on your list colby Andrew Benatendi, the outfielder mm-hmm. formerly of the Royals, made an all-star <coughs> team this past year and uh, ended up getting traded to the Yankees, uh, had some injury issues there, uh, and didn't really perform up to their expectations. But why do you like Benatendi for the Mariners? Yeah. Um, um, Benatendi is a guy who uh, has just been pretty much the same player his entire career as weird as that sounds uh you're gonna get real you're gonna get a, a big uh, upgrade defensively in left field benatendi's won a couple gold gloves out there um he is probably the best defensive corner outfielder available he's a left-handed bat there's not going to be a ton of power here 
maybe hits 16 to 20 home runs, somewhere in that range. Uh, but he's a pretty safe bet to hit 270, 280. He's going to have good on-base percentage skills. Um, he's still relatively young. I, I don't think the age is is all that much of a factor here, but um, he's just a good, solid overall player. He's not he's not an all star, uh, at least not most years. He's not um, he's not you know a foundational player, but he is one of those guys that you know the really good teams they all have. He's just a, a really solid piece, and there's basically very little concern that he's going to be a hole in your lineup. Um, I think ideally Benatendi's a guy who hits like seven for you, uh, but he is one of the best uh, corner outfielders on this pretty thin market. Uh, and he's just overall just a good, solid player. There's nothing spectacular about Benintendi. He's just just good, and the Mariners need good players. Outside of a shortened 2020 season, and by the way, Colby, uh, Andrew Benintendi is my number seven as well here. Um, outside of uh, uh, 14 games in 2020, uh, that's all he was able to play due to injury. Uh, that He uh, had a 42 WRC plus that year. Outside of that, he's always recorded a WRC plus over 100 in a season. 2016 he did it, 2017 he did it, 2018 he did it, 2019 he did it, 2021 he did it, and then this year a uh, 122 WRC+, plus, which is the second best mark of his entire career, 304, 373, 399, um, and that slugging percentage is, you know, it's not great for someone that's hitting above 300, but that's not what he does, right? Like, power is not his game. He hit five home runs. He has typically been a 15 to 20 ish home run guy in the past he hit 20 in 2017 16 in 2018 uh, 13 in 2019 17 in 2021 but that's kind of diminished as of late mm-hmm. uh, and again you know playing a big ballpark like uh, Kaufman as well is also going to, to you know hamper those numbers a bit uh, but uh, you know he's just he's a surefire bet to to give you a hundred plus WRC plus and um and good defense as well you know pretty good defense he's a decent base runner as well uh so yeah he just uh, makes a lot of sense yeah he's also very ctz you know ranks very highly in chase rate ranks very highly in walk percentage uh contact rates are all really good uh so yeah he's a very ctz type of uh bat and i would i would suspect jerry um and justin are pretty interested in ben attendee it's just going to be what's his market look like, but I, I think he's more of like a four, like sixty, than he uh-huh. is like a five one hundred type of guy. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Especially yeah, for a guy that's not going to give you a ton of power. At least that's what he wasn't able to give you <clears throat> last year. Uh, there's going to be a, a limit on you know someone like that's market. Um, yeah. All right, so coming in here at number six, a guy that we talked about on yesterday's show uh, and a guy that the uh, Mariners have outright said they're interested in. It's right-handed pitcher out of Japan, Kodai Senga. Uh, so why is Senga so high on your list? Um, you know, mostly the fastball splitter combo, uh, if we're being honest. Um, it gives Those two pitches give him a higher upside than Tyone and Bassett and also but I think he has a similar floor to to Tyone at least. Uh, Bassett is kind of probably safer uh, than Sanga is, but he doesn't quite carry that number two upside uh, that Sanga does. So uh, just a little bit of a you know you're, you're kind of you know nitpicking here a little bit, but 
I feel like Senga's fastball splitter combo is is so lethal or so potentially lethal that it gives him a good chance to pitch towards the top. Not a good chance. It gives him a better chance to pitch towards the top of a really good rotation than Bassett's current uh, skill set does. But yeah, we talked about Senga a lot yesterday. Um, you guys know know about him if you listened to yesterday's show. It's just it's upper nineties fastball with a wipeout splitter and then the the breaking mm-hmm. balls. Yeah, they they're kind of iffy. So the Mariners can sharpen one up. Uh, I think they got a, a really strong number three, maybe a number two even. Um, if they can't, then I think he's a number four, number five type. Uh, so it, it's in you know when you factor in age and uh, cost probability, all that stuff. I just think he's a little bit of a better bet than Bassett, but I think they're very very close. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, so coming in at number six for me is uh, your number eight, Chris Bassett. Uh, I'm not going to rehash everything uh, that you talked about with Bassett. I would just say this. Chris Bassett, to me, is kind of like the pitcher version of Andrew Benatendi. He's just kind of a sure bet to give you number three, number four off, and you just roll with it. Like, And there's like a little bit of upside there, but I agree with you that you know someone like Senga provides a bit more upside, but I'll talk about Senga in uh, just a little bit. Let's go to number five here for you as we enter our top five. This one's a little bit surprising uh, for me because this guy, I'm just going to say it, he's not on my list because I think he's going to be way too expensive for the Mariners. But you have Carlos Rodon on here. Uh, so why uh, did Rodon make your list? Yeah, that's – he barely did because I, like you, I don't think that he's going to sign with the Mariners. But I think there's enough of a shot just hearing the Mariners uh, connected to Senga, hearing the – they're getting calls uh, on both Flexen and Marco, and it sounds like they're actively pushing to trade both of those guys. It leads me to believe uh, that the Mariners are looking to make a pretty significant impact uh, into their rotation. And Rodon, to me, is the best arm that is is a possibility, right? Like he's not he's not as good as Verlander or Degrom, but neither of those guys are signing with Seattle. There's a zero percent chance that happens. So even though there's only probably like a two to five percent chance that Rodon would sign in Seattle because of all the chatter we're hearing right now about how the Mariners are seemingly look pretty intent on trying to upgrade their rotation um, which is not something we saw coming really Um, I I just went with the best guy who I think is the best uh, the best arm available who actually has a a chance any chance whatsoever to sign with the Mariners I don't want to say a good chance but I do yeah. think it's a possibility, and uh, hey, you know, I just you want to give Carlos Rodon the the you know Robbie Ray contract and go, you know, Castillo, Rodon, Kirby, Ray, Gilbert, like okay, <laughs> works for me. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, he he barely made the list. If we'd done this a week ago, he probably wouldn't have. But it just mm. the Mariners seeming intent on you know really upgrading their rotation. They're already good rotation. Uh, it's just enough for me to, to put him on the list here. Yeah, it seems like they're actually going to be aggressive on that front. I just, I don't know, man. Uh, there's some projections that have Radon making like $27 million a year, and if that actually happens, I just, I can't see the Mariners being in that kind of market. I, I think probably $15, 16000000 million a year is, is maybe their cap. But uh, like you said, you know, I'm not opposed if they want to add Carlos Rodon to this rotation. That would be uh, that would be pretty great. <laughs> that would be pretty great. Uh, coming in at number five for me is uh, Kodai Senga. And again, not going to rehash everything that uh, that Colby said. But, you know, a fastball that, that can flirt with triple digits and that ghost fork 
I mean, yeah. I also think that uh, a major league pitching staff can get more out of at least one of his breaking pitches, uh, specifically that slider, because the release point on that slider paired with his re- uh, his release point on his fastball, uh, that's going to be really tough for guys to pick up on. Uh, so there, there's a lot that I like about uh, about Senga, and uh, that's why he's, uh, spoiler alert, my uh, top pitcher on this list. So the next four, Colby. Uh, you and I are both in agreement on, so we're going to announce these together, reveal these together, what have you. Number four, the man who uh, the Mariners have reportedly formally reached out to, as of today, <coughs> per John Morosi, outfielder Brandon Nemo. This is a guy that you and I have talked a lot about uh, in the buildup to uh, free agency, and now that we're here, it seems like the Mariners are uh, also in agreement that he would be a pretty good fit in Seattle. So why is that? Yeah, he's a uh, you know a, an outfielder who hits left-handed, uh, very very good on base skills. I would say elite on base skills. Uh, he's going to hit for a high average. He can play center field if you need him to. Uh, he's actually fine out there he's going to be really good in left field uh he hits towards the top of the order he's not a big stolen base guy but there's plenty of speed here there's kind of the the slashing line drive uh type of swing that works really well in seattle uh he's just kind of again there are no perfect fits in free agency uh but he might be the best just standalone fit uh for this ball club uh because nemo's a guy who's gonna hit first or second for you He's going to play a really good left field. He's going to hit for a high average. He's going to draw a ton of walks. Um, and his swing actually works pretty well power-wise for Seattle. He's not going to be a big you know, 25, 30 home run guy no matter where he goes. But uh, I, I think the swing actually fits, and, and he's going to hit a few more home runs. He's going to hit uh, – you know, he's more of a double, triple guy, but I think he hits a few more home runs in Seattle than he would if he was playing back in New York. So uh, he's just just a great fit. You know, we, He's everything Jerry talked about wanting. He's – corner outfielder hits left-handed runs the base as well uh good defender he's just he checks a lot of the boxes uh for the mariners current lineup uh, so i just mm. if he's he feels like he's the best fit who also has a, a good chance of signing with seattle in previous seasons brandon nemo has walked 18.1 percent of the time 14.7% of the time, 14% of the time, 15.3% of the time, the dude just gets on base. He's finished three separate seasons, Colby, with an on-base percentage above 400. It's ridiculous. Plus, mm-hmm. he's a really good defender. Uh, he'll His glove will play up really well in left field, uh, and he can also play center field pretty well uh so if you know this year uh or or if next year is like this year and julio goes down for a little bit knock on wood uh then nemo you actually have someone in nemo that can go out there and play what i would consider to be a, a slightly above average center field if not pretty clearly above average center field so that's uh, that would be nice to have in your back pocket as well. Uh, Nemo just, he fits, man. He, he makes so much sense for this team. It's not a surprise whatsoever that they reached out to him today or whenever they did officially. Um, but, yeah, we would be, I think you and I would both be ecstatic if they end up signing Brandon Nemo this offseason. All right, number three, we're getting into the shortstops here. Uh, and let's just say it right now, Dansby Swanson is not on here. Dansby Swanson didn't make it because 
Colby, I think you and I are also both in agreement that he's staying in Atlanta or he is going to another top tier national league team, right? Mm, I think it's more about he's just an East Coast guy. Um right. so okay. I, yeah. I like I could see Baltimore getting involved here. I could see Boston maybe getting involved here. Um but yeah, I just I felt like the odds of Dansby signing here were so low that it was just kind of a waste of of yeah. time to put him on our list, a waste of time to really talk about him. And hey, yeah. if he does end up signing here, we'll talk about him a ton. But it's just I just don't see any any scenario where that actually happens. Mm-hmm. So Xander Bogarts comes in at number three for for the both of us. Um, I flip flop on this a lot personally. You know, it's just a lot. Of, these guys are so close, especially when you consider some of the contract uh, projections are all over the place for these three guys. Uh, so that does factor in, and that does bring them a little bit closer for me. Like if I can get Xander Bogarts for six years and you know one hundred and seventy, one hundred ninety million dollars compared to ten years, three hundred million dollars for Carlos Correa that's going to close the gap a little bit for me, you know, mm-hmm. but Xander comes in at number three, uh, nevertheless. Uh, so why is that? Why is he at the bottom of your, uh, three shortstops here? Yeah. Um, it's probably the worst defender of the, of the three, uh, shortstops here. Um, he's also, I believe the oldest, he might be, I think he's, I'm not sure about Turner. He might be younger than Turner, but I don't think so. I think he's the oldest. Um, I also think he is the most likely to have to move to third base um, the soonest, if that makes sense. Uh, you know, it, it's just a bunch of the, those little things that, you know, in 2023, they don't really matter. You're not really concerned about. But at By the way, the length- he's, a, he's a few months older than uh, Trey. Okay. So yeah, like decades basically yeah. in free agency. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's just a little bit older, a uh, little bit worse defender, uh, not quite as. I don't want to say not as dynamic, but he's really not. Like he's the other two guys just provide a little bit more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the ability to just like take over a game and win it by mm-hmm. yourself. The other two guys just have that a little bit more than Xander. Xander's a great player. And if the Mariners end up with Xander Bogarts, there will be no complaints uh, on this end. But yeah. uh, when you're when you're trying to differentiate between these top three guys, you just kind of have to nitpick a little bit. And I just thought that Bogarts' warts, quote unquote, uh, were just a little bit harder to ignore than Correa or or Turner's. Yeah, um, you know, I think the the one you know uh, positive on him would be that he might be the most. He might be the easiest to land, even though he's yeah. a Boris guy, because it's just there. There's probably no threat whatsoever of him getting an eight-year, nine-year, ten-year deal on the market. Yeah. So that fits more in line with what I think the Mariners want uh, is to land someone more so in line with what Marcus Simeon maybe got in Texas. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think that's honestly, I think Xander ends up getting pretty much the Marcus Simeon contract wherever he signs. Uh, and so I think that just that that fits better for the Mariners. I also don't think that his defense is necessarily as bad as advertised. And I think that Perry Hill can help with that uh, a bit as well, uh, potentially. So, all right, let's move on to Carlos Correa here, who's our number two. Uh, that's right. Correa, number two, not number one on this list. Uh, why is that, Colby? Um, because the guy at number one is just better. 
Like he's just a better yeah. player. It's, it's really yeah. that simple. Yeah. Um, also the thing with Correa is I think there's a chance that he ends up being the most expensive one uh, of the, of the quartet uh, because he is the youngest by fairly significant margin. I think he's mm-hmm. a year and a half younger uh, than, uh, than Turner. I think he's a full year younger than Dansby, maybe even two. Um, he's just a younger player. Uh, we know who Carlos Correa is. He has all the pedigree in the world. He's a plus defensive shortstop. He's the best shortstop, defensive shortstop on the market. Um, he's a guy who 30 home run power. He's a guy who when healthy, he's, you know, a, a, an all-star. He is an elite uh, player in this league. Uh, but I, I just, I feel like the guy ahead of him is just simply better, uh, a better overall player. But Correa, if not for the back issues surrounding Correa, um, he probably uh, would get, you know, the the Corey Seager contract. And mm-hmm. uh, that's, I guess, good news for the Mariners that he does have this back issue because it seems unlikely he's going to get the Seager uh, contract. Uh, but I think it's a possibility. Uh, I, I think there's signability concerns here with, with both of the top two guys in relations to the Mariners, but I do think they're interested in both. I do think they're going to make offers on both. So if they're showing the same amount of interest in, in these two players, I'm just going to rank the the best, the better player number mm-hmm. one and the second best player number two. It's really just that simple. Uh, so yeah, Correa is a, a very good player. He would be a very good fit here in Seattle, um, but he's just not Trey Turner. So he's number two. Yeah, it's for me, you know, I feel like Correa is overrated in the sense that, you know, people make him out to be the superstar and I just he's he's not, he's not a he's not a superstar. So really really good uh, good player though with tons of power and he's, uh, he's good on base skills and really good defense, uh, you know, at a premium position, all that stuff. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh he's like right-handed Corey Seager pretty yep. much. Um but the back issues do concern me and you know, going back to the whole star conversation, I think, you know, if anyone out of this class uh, that we're talking about, at least, you know, obviously there's the Aaron Judges of the world. But if anyone out of the guys that we're talking about today is a star, like a legitimate like superstar, I think Trey Turner is the closest to that. Yeah. And so that's why he's my number one. And I assume why he's your number one. Uh, so let's talk about Trey Turner. Uh, we've kind of avoided talking about Trey, mostly because you and I... <laughs> don't want to dream <laughs> we, we don't want to get our our hopes up here we don't even want to open ourselves up to the possibility because more likely than not we are going to end up being disappointed here uh, because all signs point to Turner uh, landing somewhere on the east coast uh, there was a report from Jason Stark yesterday that said that uh, people close to Turner uh, believe that he really wants to play uh, for the Phillies and reunite with Bryce Harper that makes a lot of sense, you know. Obviously, the Dodgers, I'm, I'm sure, are still going to want to keep him. Uh, there's going to be other good teams that are that are uh, in on Turner uh, because he's a really good player. He's been a six F four player for the last two seasons. Um, but you know, there's been folks like John Morosi and Jeff Passan who've said, you know, I think Turner is actually an option for the Mariners. So we're listening, but again, we're not opening ourselves up too much here to the possibility because we both love Trey Turner. Colby is a Trey Turner stan. He said that he would get a Trey Turner jersey if the uh, Mariners actually sign mm-hmm. him. Um, but yeah, so let's let, let's talk about uh, Trey Turner. Why do you love him? Uh, what does he bring to the table? All that. 
Pretty good shortstop, not an elite defender, but pretty darn good. He's one of the fastest guys in baseball still, despite being 30 years old. Um, he has 20 home run power up the middle, maybe even 25. Uh, fun little note, last year he stole or he uh, he drove in 100 runs. He had 100 RBI. He scored 100 runs. Um, he is a guy who can steal 30, 40 bags. Uh, he's just kind of the overall package. He hits righties. He hits lefties. Um, you know, he can hit anywhere you want in the order one through nine pick a spot it's a good spot for trey turner um he's just he's a great player he draws walks he you know puts the ball in play with regularity he's just overall there's very there's very few weaknesses in his game he's just a great player um you know he's got a ton of playoff experience if that type of thing matters to you uh and it's just the the power speed combo is is pretty hard to find and when you find it in a guy who can also play shortstop or second base um, maybe even center field if you absolutely needed him to. Um, when you find that type of profile up the middle, it's incredibly rare uh, that those guys become available, and it's even more rare that those guys even get linked to the Seattle Mariners. So, uh, yeah, ultimately I think Trey Turner probably ends up with the Dodgers or somewhere back east, but the Mariners are mi being mentioned a lot here, and, and so much so that I have to wonder what – like what's being said behind closed doors or, or is this like a legitimate thing the Mariners are really interested in? We've heard people say Jerry loves him and the Mariners just keep on getting thrown into this conversation. Is that real or is that a leverage play? It, or is Trey Turner mm -hmm. trying to leverage the Mariners uh, to get a bigger deal from somewhere else? I guess we're going to find out because, you know, here in I think 20 ish minutes, players are free to sign with, with anybody they want. So, mm -hmm. um, Turner's not going to sign in 20 minutes, but uh, yeah, just the, there's enough smoke around Trey Turner going to the Mariners that it's it's enough for me to at least entertain it as a possibility, which is at that point is makes Turner an easy number one uh, for mm -hmm. me. Yeah, that's exactly why he ended up on this list, uh, whereas Dansby did not because we haven't heard anything on Dansby and the Mariners. No. Uh, but we've heard him. Honestly, you know, we haven't really heard a lot about Korea and the Mariners. We've yeah. heard a little bit more than Dansby, but not much. It's mostly been Xander and Trey. Mm. And I think part of that is because those would be the two likeliest guys to move to second base as well because Trey did it when he went to L.A. Uh, with Corey Seager there. Uh, he returned to shortstop this past season, though. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's Just done it. Real fast here, though. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what Jerry Depoto says. If they have an opportunity to land Trey Turner, but Turner wants to play shortstop, J.P. Crawford is moving. Oh, period. Yeah, end yeah, of story. Yeah, yeah. J.P. Crawford will not stop the Seattle Mariners from signing Trey Turner. Yeah. So if Turner signs elsewhere, it doesn't matter what anybody tells you. The reason he signed elsewhere is not going to be because the Mariners are like, oh, well, you have to play second base because we have J.P. Crawford. That is not going to happen. Yeah, no, no. Um, but I think that, you know, the, the second base uh, stuff does need to be mentioned here because he has done it. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, with the shift ban, you're going to need a lot of athleticism there at second and shortstop uh, to cover more ground. And uh, Turner can do that. And then some. The other thing, too, you know, you mentioned it earlier, right? Like, I feel like Trey Turner gets looked at as like this little dude who just like, you know, he's a slap hitter and he just gets on base and he steals bases and all that stuff. I mean, he's first of all, he's six to 185, according to the fan graphs. He's probably a little bit heavier than that, but he's six foot two and he's hit 20 plus home runs the last two years. 
He had a 536 slugging percentage in 2021. He had a 466 slugging percentage this past season. Dude rakes. He rakes. He steals bases. And if you put him at the top of the lineup with Julio Rodriguez, <laughs> that's the most electric top of the lineup in, in all baseball. Just going to say it. Uh, but I am not going to allow myself to uh, think about Trey Turner and Julio Rodriguez at the top of the uh, Mariners lineup because I will, uh, I, I'm too scared of getting hurt. But yes, he is our number one free agent target. And uh, that's going to conclude our list as we uh, reach the 40-minute mark here. We are definitely going to hear from our overlords at uh, Locked On about that. Sorry, guys. Uh, This was a special occasion, however. Uh, But that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tide Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast featuring the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app youtube and wherever you get your podcasts just like us and with that have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you tomorrow peace